What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Panthers Nation Network. Back here with some of my guys, Jason Brooks and Tyler Haberski. Man, how are you guys feeling? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Ready to get into the conversation today. Oh, yeah, for sure. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, you know, big things changing in, in Panthers history. Um, things looking real different going into this year now. The quarterback carousel continues, and we're excited to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, of course, everybody already knows the Baker Mayfield trade is is signed, still and delivered. He will be coming to Carolina, you know, you know, barring his physical going going well, which I I think we all assume that that will go through and we won't have any problems there. Cleveland ended up agreeing to take on ten million dollars worth of Baker Mayfield's contract. The Panthers will only have to pay pay four point eight five million to Baker Mayfield this year for a fifth round pick that could turn into a fourth rounder if Baker is to win the starting job and start at least twelve games. So. Let's just get everybody's thoughts. How, how are we feeling after yesterday's trade? Uh, for me, I, I think, as I was stating a little bit earlier, I'm very confident in what Baker brings to the table for our team. I think it's a better option than having Sam Donner at the helm. I think Baker brings charisma along with that. He brings a little bit more panache and a little, more, a little bit more of an identity to our offense, which was much needed, which we were lacking over the past couple of years. How about you know, you, this, this trade was something that was seen um, in the same light between the owner, the GM, and the head coach. I can imagine all three um, were all in on this move and were able to agree on it because, one, Baker's going to sell tickets. No matter what's happening this year, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. David Tepper loves that. Matt Rule knows that he needs to win um, early on for him to you know, have a chance in the future as the head coach job. Baker gives us that opportunity. He's better than Darnold, better, better than Corral. Um, better than pj and we'll be able to come in right away and immensely improve the quarterback room so he loves that and then for scott fitter as well who we think might have um, a bit of a longer leash but you never know um he, you know he improves quarterback play and um you know there's going to be a lot to look at with um how this quarterback room not only plays out the rest of this season but going into next off season and how the future plays things out with that um especially considering um, different head coaching changes potentially in the future, or if this is what's going to be um, rules, you know, move to hang on to the job for years to come. Okay, for sure, for sure, man. My thoughts are that, you know, as a move for right now, everybody should be, they should feel better about, your, about, about our chances going into the season as far as right now. But uh, I know for, for me, and even for every and, and for a lot of others, you know, it's just kind of it feels like we're, we're just kicking the can down the road on what the overall problem is. But I, I can find solace in, in knowing that, like you said, Jason, we have a leader that is going to be a lot more through it, a lot more enthusiastic, a, 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 a lot, you know, a guy that I can believe in that can that, that can make enough plays throughout the course of a game for me to believe that we have a chance to win. Going into a lot of these matchups, man, quarterback play is vital in every single one. And I do think Baker gives us a better shot than what we had previously. Now, with that being the case, we do have to talk about where we thought this team could it would be going into the year if Sam Darnold was the quarterback or if Matt Corral was, you know, was starting quarterback. As to now, I mean, I know for me, I had this team sitting sitting at about five wins. The needle moves a little bit, but not by much for me. I would I like to hear what you guys had to think about that. Yeah, I think for me, I think like I like I said, I think. Eight wins is what I'm looking at right now. I think Baker can get us through some of those tough battles we had. We were one or two scores off in the third to fourth quarter last year where, you know, Sam Donald just totally, you know, 
blew it. I think I think Baker's going to get us through those 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 tough battles. But I did want to touch on something that Tyler said. Tyler, you mentioned that you know you think McAdoo had a sign off on this. If you look back, McAdoo wasn't highly ranking wasn't highly ranking Baker when he was coming out of college. He was really much more sold on Sam Donald. But things do change over time. It's going to be interesting to see what McAdoo does to adjust that to get us those extra wins. What kind of scheme is he going to give Baker to work with? I think, you know, that's going to be the biggest question mark that we have coming in because the weapons that Baker had at Cleveland aren't the same here. Even though if you look roster to roster, we look somewhat equal. But going forward, it's going to be interesting to see how we make those those changes and make those things work in Baker's favor. If he if he even wins the starting quarterback position, because that's another conversation that we can have as well. Yeah, you know, with the trade, um, it was the right move at the time. Right move right now. Absolutely. You trade a conditional uh, future fifth round pick. No doubt about it. You're, you know, you're really getting paid to do it, you know, with the Browns paying 10 million of his salary. Um, so absolutely the right move. Now, does it change things completely um, for this season? I, I think no. I think um, maybe now we have, we have, we definitely have a higher chance when it comes to clawing away at a wild card spot. But this regular season schedule is tough. This is a very tough schedule. We looked at it. We've talked about it. Um, no matter how you chalk it up, it is a rough schedule. Now, you know, assuming health, assuming Baker can bounce back from last year um, and looking at his game before that, he's never been somebody that's going to lose you a game, right? He might not be the reason he puts, you know, you win the game because he put the team on his back. That's not going to be him. But if Baker is able to play within the offense, within the talent around him, you know, elevating Christian McCaffrey, elevating DJ Moore, um, these guys who, um, you know, DJ Moore, one of the most slept on players in the NFL. And because he hasn't had, you know, competent quarterback play um, game in and game out, Baker is somebody that can elevate him um, amongst the rest of the options, maybe bring out a Terrace Marshall, get him, you know, going into year two um, and really elevate um, the talent around him because it is a talented offense. Um, the offensive line now, I'd say, is you know, pretty close to average, um, which is something that Panthers fans can absolutely celebrate because it's been a very long time, if ever, that that's been the case. Um, but now does it completely turn things on the head for this year? I don't think it does. And I think going into next offseason, we're going to be asking a lot of the same questions. And now that's natural when you trade for a quarterback three weeks before training camp. You're not finding the long-term option, right? No. Now, Baker absolutely has a chance to, if he plays well enough this year, you know, get re-signed. The quarterback room going into next offseason is going to be kind of wild to look at. You know, P.J. Walker will be up. Darnold's contract will be up, but he'll be gone. Um, Baker's contract will be up, and he'll need to re-sign. That's going to be completely dependent on how he does this year. We might have an early pick for a quarterback. Might not. See how that goes. And then Matt Crow will just be uh, still chilling there on the roster, um, giving me kind of Will Greer vibes, you know, with, with how that situation played out. So, um you know, does it put things on its head? I don't think so, but it was the right move at the time and at least lets us um, have some excitement for this year and um, an ability to elevate all of our skill positions on offense. You know, the, the, the one thing I've seen going going around the, the NFL landscape, at least in the media, a lot of people I don't think are very aware of the roster that we have. And I've seen plenty of talking heads talk down about, you know, the offensive talent. Um, and like you said, Jason, across the board, if you really look at it, I don't think we're that far off besides, you know, besides some of the names that Cleveland had over, over in that locker room. Um, 
where do we think this roster ranks ranks among some of the some of the ones Baker is seeing? Well, I mean, not only that, do we think this roster is good enough surrounding him to put us in a position to make the playoffs? I think the proof is going to be in the pudding. I think we're going to have some 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 definite hurdles. You know, we've got some new linemen. Um, we've got a very young defense. The core is still intact. The one thing is that we do have benefit, we've got two major players on the offensive side of the ball that have played with Baker before. You know, we've got the tackle, and then we also have the wide receiver, Higgins, um, who've played with him before. So I think that that's something that we do have a natural bond there. But if you look at the historical significance of Baker's career, Baker has always thrived in this sort of situation where he's got to come in and he's got to prove himself. So I expect him to do the same, especially with all the naysayers. Just watching today and all, you know, between the, the Fox Sports and the ESPNs and how they were saying, you know, this is pretty much a deaf a deaf step for, for Baker and nobody really has high hopes. That's going to give him a chip on his shoulder coming into this season. I think our roster bodes better than what people see on paper. I think we have a lot of things in place that can make us successful. The key is... A couple of things. This is Baker's fifth head coach, fifth coordinator. So it's a lot to him for him to have to learn and to get up to speed on. At the same time, go back to my initial statement. He thrives in that sort of environment. So for me, I think what we have on paper, we're a lot better than people think we are. They just looking at our head coach. We do have one of the worst head coaches in the league. We're not going to deny that. But what we do have going for us is the people in that locker room that have to get on that field, that step on that field, they're true team players and they're true hard work ethic professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thinking about how we've got to this point, we saw this, um, you know, after the first cam stint, you know, we go to sign Teddy, Teddy for the year. Then we trade um, the second and fifth um, round picks for Darnold. We saw how that turned out. Then we trade up in the draft um, using a three and a four to go up and get Matt Corral. And then months after, um, just three, month, three, four months after, we trade for Baker Mayfield. So where we're at now, with like we said, we love the Baker trade. It was the right move at the time. But how we got here is not the most efficient process. You know, at, we, we, we knew that Teddy in year one wasn't going to be um, the option to get us to where we wanted to be. Now, he, he provided a solid foundation on offense where he didn't lose many games solely himself. And that's how he plays. That's similar to how to Baker plays when he's healthy. Um, the next year, we saw how the Darnold experiment went, um, you know, still on the roster. Um, it, early in training camp, you know, with Darnold's arm, arm talent, um, how he operates um, in an on-air setting when there's not a pass rush, uh, when there's not, um, you know, defensive backs on the field, he can sling it. His arm is the best on the team, no questions asked. So that's going to give him, um, you know, a little bit of a head start, um, I think, in camp. But once, but once you get to the live action, there's no denying that Baker Mayfield brings that next level of juice, um, you know, confidence, poise, uh, when everything is settled in the dust. Where Darnold, uh, we saw how that can go uh, this past season. And then with the whole corral situation, that shows um, how desperate we were to move off of, of Sam Darnold. Um, not only acquiring corral in the moment just because you know you at that point you didn't know the availability of a baker you didn't know the availability of a jimmy g they were aggressive in the draft uh we were fine with it at the time now not looking great hindsight's 2020 of course um yeah. that you, you know you had to jump on baker but you know it'll be interesting to see how 
you know, what happens with Corral um, going forward and how that works out, especially if Baker does earn his way into a second year with the Panthers. That'll be something to watch for. Um, but, you know, getting to where we are now with Baker, I hope that he's able to take the best of what we've seen from Darnold, from Teddy, and then build off of what we have in Corral. So um, a crucial year for where we go from here, because, um, you know, if we start out slow, Baker is not playing up to par where we need him to be. We could have an early um, draft pick and re-rolling the dice on this whole quarterback room uh, with Corral already there. Or, you know, he, he plays well enough, gets us to a spot, gets re-signed, and, um, and we have Baker, Baker for at least another year. So where it plays out from here um, is really all in the hands of you know Baker and Ben McAdoo with the offense and how we design things to allow him to play within the system and within the talent around him. And you know, you know, another one of the things that I've seen, uh, you know, all across the Panthers fan base on Twitter is, uh, you know, pretty much believing that we wait that we wasted our third round pick on Matt Corral. I know us three, we've had our concerns about Matt Corral. Is this is this a waste now? Is this a a a, 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 a signal that one Corral that one Corral isn't ready, which we already thought would be the case as as is? But but is it really a a signal to say that you know maybe Corral really isn't a guy and we? kind of just fell back on on our best option available when the draft was happening. I think one thing we have to take away from that is we have to kind of trust what Scott Fitter in that that front office saw. Me personally, I wouldn't have gone for Corral. I would have gone for Malik if you're going to look for a project to work on. I think what you find is, and I think Tyler hit on it perfectly, is that, you know, we're grasping at straws at this position. We've been doing this since Cam's left. We haven't had a succession plan in place. And even if we did have a succession plan in place, the Will Greer project was a bust in the beginning. I don't even know why we drafted. That's another conversation within itself. So if you're, if you're asking the question, I think you alluded to a couple of different things here from the both of you. Does Baker play himself into a second year with the team? We talked about this before, Shantice. This is really, we, we, I call us the bridging of a lot of, for a lot of teams, right? The last 10 years, the last year of your contract, the last couple of years of your playing, you know you can come to Carolina and get a check, right? And Carolina can either make or break you either for your next team to get a big contract or it's your last couple of checks before you exit the league. I think what this will do for Baker, for Baker, is what he needs is to reestablish himself to show what he truly is from a quarterback perspective. Corral was drafted for the reason of youth and he was a project, but we knew he was coming from Elaine Kiffin uh, 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 playbook. So look at Lane Kiffin's historical significance with any quarterback. None of them have come in and started right away. And if they did, they they kind of fumbled the ball and floundered there for a little bit, right? So we yeah. understood that going into it. The problem we have is we have a quarterback room is about the size of the LA Lakers roster. We need to trim that down. Let's get this thing really, really focused in on who's leading who's next in line, and who do we have as a backup to help us if there's a, a significant injury. Right now, it's a it's a hodgepodge of where were they, where's Waldo? So we've got to kind of right-size that. I think Baker gives us the best option. I do think, though, and don't be surprised if you start hearing in training camp, oh, Sam Donald's looking crisp. Yeah, but we all know Sam Donald, he's a backup. He's a glorified backup. He was that at the Jets. He was that when he came to us. So we already know who he is. What we don't know is what Baker's going to bring to the table and what is Baker looking like now post-injury. That's the other part we have to understand because it is another shoulder injury. We dealt with this with Cam. That's the biggest unknown. 
And what kind of offense is McAdoo going to put in place for Baker? And and you know Baker gets the happy feet and he gets anxiety back there and he'll start throwing those passes errantly. How are you going to balance that offense to make him successful, let alone make the rest of the offense successful? Yeah, you know, absolutely. When you look back on the past of third-round picks at the quarterback position, it's a very low hit rate for guys that um, – become starters it's just a very low hit rate right. unless you're a Dak Prescott Russell Wilson who immediately shows success in year one and prove that you're the guy from the jump it's really hard for teams to commit to you down the road and we see that um, with a lot of guys right now you know it's this is a huge year for Davis Mills because you know he's earned the right to have another year um, with the Texans and have this year with them but he, this season he's really got to prove that he's going to own that franchise and prevent them from drafting a high quarterback. With Matt Corral, if he ever, um, this year, next year, gets the chance to start, he's got to blow things out of the water right away for the Panthers to feel that they can hang on to him for the future. And if not, they're just going to draft somebody in the first round to replace him because he didn't do well enough to earn us um, you know, a late enough draft pick, I should say. And when you look at this past year's draft class, you know, Kenny Pickett went 20 overall to the Steelers because he fit in perfectly there. Um, you know, he's he's going to play within the system, within the defense, and all the other skill positions. The rest of the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter was the second quarterback off the board, followed by Malik Willis and then Matt Corral. You know, they slid a lot further than people thought. And so, that, you know, we know that, you know, the, the NFL's perception on the on the quarterback class this past draft was not what a lot of the media hyped it up to be and so where the rest of the league stands on corral is interesting you know because where where he is going to be standing with us this year is not um you know probably won't play very much at all so i don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities um that we explore trade for corral maybe there's somebody out there that has an interest in him as a backup quarterback now i'm not saying i think they'll do it but it should be, you know, something that they consider because, you know, going down the road, let's let's try to get something out of this before the Will Greer thing happens again, where we spend a third round pick on Will Greer all for nothing. So, you know, maybe we, you know, make a move to a team like Seattle who wants to add more quarterback competition um, in there with Corral, um, but potentially other teams, you know, that need um, a, a more, co you know, competent backup quarterback. It, it could be an option, um, you know, the rest of this summer. And, you know, Jason, you said something, you know, about the size of the quarterback room. Yeah, it's pretty bloated right now. And thinking about the preseason with having one less game and knowing how pivotal those training camp, rep, training camp reps are. I mean, when we get when we get when we start playing preseason games, I mean, who should we see out there the majority with the, with, with the twos? I mean, I mean, obviously. Baker and Donald are going to be interested in, in, in the battle for QB one. We assume we all. I think we all assume that Baker will probably win. Will probably win that hand, handily. But when we talk about the reps that the backup quarterbacks get, like you I mean PJ Walker still is, is still going to have to get reps in there at, at, at some point. And Matt, and you also have Matt Corral, which is is more pivotal to see if Matt Corral can even, like you said, Tyler, can he even be a backup? If he can show signs of being a backup early, yeah. That's great, but right now you gotta be at this point. How are they gonna divvy up the reps? It will probably be my biggest question going into camp. I think they're gonna have to give Corral some reps just so they can kind of quell all of the clamoring around. Did we make the right decision in the draft? We need to see what we've got, right? Um, similar to the Trey Lance project, right? San Francisco did something similar, I believe, with Trey Lance when he came out. You saw him a lot with the twos. 
quickly you saw, oh, this guy's a work in progress. Uh, what's my guy up in uh, Green Bay? I can't think of his name right now. Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan Love. Same thing, right? Saw him come in with the twos, had some sparks, but you knew he was a work in progress. I think that's what we're going to have to see from Matt Corral um, in, the, in, in the preseason. I think P.J. Walker is a non-factor to me. I think P, I think Matt Rule's stepson needs to pack his bag or become a scout. Like, you're going to be on a practice squad or something of that nature. There's no room for you at this juncture if we spent that draft pick on Matt Corral. There's something there. He's, he's, he's a pretty decent body size, prototypical quarterback size, but there's something there that's missing as far as, oh, this guy's got the goods that we see in the future. So he's definitely going to be that work in progress. I think what we will see in preseason, just to get Baker much more familiar with the offense, you may see him get a lot more reps with the twos initially until he beats out Sam Donald officially. I don't I don't know what Sam Donald is going to look like coming into camp. I honestly think he's got a chink in his armor that's a bit bigger than what he would rather admit and what we're actually seeing from behind the scenes. I have heard through several sites and, and done, done some reading that, you know, Donald does have some friends in that locker room and we can all be friends, right? But at the end of the day, when you go to war, are you the guy that I want to be with in the trenches? And I think that that's where Baker will separate himself from Sam Donald because you already know Baker's there to win. Baker's not going to, to Tyler's point, lose us a game just to lose us a game. He's not going to throw a pass that is going to put us at a disadvantage long-term within a particular series. He'll throw a couple of bad passes where he'll be like, what were you looking at? But he's not going to do a Sam Donald where a guy's wide open and Sam throws it 10 yards short to the defensive player and the guy runs it back to 25 yards. I don't think that Baker's going to make that sort of mistake. I think he got that lesson with Stefanski and that and that and that um, that offensive side of the ball up in Cleveland. I think that they've helped him in those type of mental mistakes. The biggest thing is him trying to do too much, right? I've got so much to prove. I want to make sure that you can see that I can do these in a consistent manner. And then you start making those 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 decisions that are questionable um but for the most part i think from the preseason perspective we probably will see a lot more baker than we think we will. that's that's the thing you know Darnold, you know it was rough around the edges last year thrown um you know into what became a poor situation and he's going to come in this year with a better starting offense than he ended with there's no doubt about that you know i think we know what he is at this point the arm talent's mm -hmm. there but you know, he's going to be somebody that's exciting to watch in the preseason. You're going to want to see how Darnold looks in year two, um, whatever that may be. Baker, going to be very exciting to watch. You know, first time in a Panthers uniform. Um, how does he um, react with the team? How does he interact with the team on the sidelines as a leader is going to be a big thing for Baker early on. Um, and how he can make an impact in that way and do the guys really rally behind him. Um, you know, Seeing Matt Corral is going to be, you know, a, another rookie quarterback. It's going to be something to watch in the preseason. So when it comes to the quarterback rotations, you know, in the in training camp and what we're able to see in the preseason, it's going to be um, critical to watch for Panthers fans to see how this thing really shapes up. And if Baker does solidify himself as the QB one early on, which I think a lot of us would expect that he does, how does that backup battle um, look behind him between Darnold? corral and then you know we talked about pj um we'll see you know he'll be on the roster one way or another whether it's practice squad um but he'll be he'll be within the organization you know you know how um you know a very very uh promised rule guy there so he'll be around but watching this quarterback battle in the preseason is going to be critical 
um, for the rest of the season, really. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, one, one of the other things that I, you know, I was, uh, I've been, I've been a, a little concerned with is, you know, what's the, what's the magic number for the Panthers for you that, that you guys believe would bring back Baker Mayfield? Like what's the, what's the number of wins? Is there a certain number of wins or is it strictly about how he plays? And if he plays well and we don't win some games, you know what I mean? We, 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 we've seen that happen before. If he plays well and we don't win some games and we go seven and 10, will that be enough to bring him back if he throws for over 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns? Or, do, or does it have to strictly be playoff or bust and is everybody gone if there is if, if there's improvement but no playoff appearance i think it's i think that's a loaded question but i think it's twofold i think if we're competitive in games and we go deep into the season and we're a consistent team we just happen to miss the playoffs let's call it two games i could see him coming back right he could come back and, and, and that way we know what we've got but if Baker comes out there and he shows us who he really is and he really lights it on fire, we got a dilemma. We got a huge dilemma at that point because now Baker's going to be looking for a long-term contract. Are we willing to sign up for that? What does Matt Corral, what is Matt Corral doing right now behind the scenes during this time period learning from these guys, right? And let's not, let's not forget, if Sam Donner happens to show up, do we that do we even have a bigger dilemma? So for me, if we make the playoffs and Baker's at the helm, we're definitely bringing him back. If Baker keeps us competitive and we just happen to miss the playoffs, say one or two games, maybe I could see him coming back. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, the preseason is going to be the deciding factor, um, not only for the rest of the season, but the following offseason, because if something goes haywire, in the preseason with maybe something unexpected. Hey, maybe Matt Corral shows out and gets the team to rally around him and he starts week one. You know, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. That was a real possibility a couple, you know, just days ago. Um, how, the, you know, you know, I doubt, I really don't expect it to happen. Same with Darnold being a starting quarterback. But, you know, how that excitement level goes and happens behind Baker and what the fans, what the team is like with the backup quarterback. Because whoever's in there week one as a starter, there's going to be an enamoring option behind him. And there's going to be some, you know, the backup quarterback's the most popular player on the team. And, you know, the thing is, Baker, it's not going to be, um, you, you know, it's not going to be the most beautiful thing ever. We're going to sneak by with some some wins where it was like, ooh, that was, that was a tough one, but he's going to get the job done. So what I hope doesn't happen is if Baker's playing, like we expect, maybe a little bit less than that, I hope we don't get into the switching off quarterbacks week by week because we have – you know, the option to, I think, you know, Baker, um, even Darnold, um, the way that they carry themselves and it, it's just not, it's just not good to have that rotation within the quarterback room and, you know, the lack of confidence. Cause you know, they say, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And, um, there is, it's going to be real easy. There's going to be a very big temptation to rotate in between all three of these guys. Um, if things aren't going great and they're not always going to go great as we know. So how we balance that through the season, is what I think will be critical in our success in the second half of the year. Now, where that comes in is how we finish um, when it comes to the draft. If we make the wild card, um, if, if for one, I think if we make the wild card and rules around for it, I think Baker gets you know another shot. Now, if we don't or anything short of that, I think we're drafting a quarterback in the first round. I, well, I guess see my my biggest worry from for me is that 
Baker has 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 a successful season. I could very well see Baker going out, giving you four thousand yards, giving you twenty plus touchdowns through uh, through the air with the, with, with a low interception number, and the Panthers making the uh, making the deal of re-signing Baker, but also still getting rid of Matt Rule and also and, and leaving Baker to be the guy moving forward. I've, I mean, we, we we've seen them make some make some mistakes before with uh at, at the quarterback position i could very well see the see them making that making that happen if baker shows you enough to where you really want to you really want to you wouldn't want to allow him to to walk out the door for nothing because i mean having them play for nearly five million this year and getting possibly pro bowl level quarterback play is going to make you think about bringing them back whether you feel great about matt rule or not and that's kind of and and that's kind of the question mark and, I, and this is where a lot of a lot of my concerns come into play is that you know there's a lot of factors that you know we know matt rule made this move because he's trying anything he can to extend his tenure here in carolina it's just that a lot of the things that come along with baker is that you know he could be he could be your long-term fix but you still know, I think we all know that the long-term fix isn't there at the head coaching position. And is Baker a guy you you would possibly want to have going into next year, even with Matt Rule out of the picture? I, I think that's two separate conversations. I think one thing is the head coaching job is, is the head coaching job. I mean, Baker could be playing well and separate, say, week four, week five, you know what? I don't like dealing with this guy anymore and be done with him. And then we, we then at that point, Baker's got a whole new coach in front of him at, at that point anyway. So I think that those are two separate instances. I think the one thing that Matt Rule needs to happen is he needs to show that he's a functional, sane coach. I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think he's going to take the risk of doing a quarterback carousel like he did last year. He got fried for it. We all know this isn't college. This isn't you at Baylor. You can't do that in this league. You can do that at the running back position, but you cannot do that at the quarterback position. I think he learned his lessons. Now, if he did not, and that is something that he's going to persist on doing, then very well what I just said previously, he won't be, he won't last past week five. I think the the, the interesting question. And the dynamic will actually be Matt Corral, we know, is going to be the number two or three. But the interesting conversation will come out of training camp. Who do the players gravitate more towards? Is it going with what they know with Sam Donald? Or is it going with the unknown of what Baker's bringing from a charismatic standpoint? Because we all know Baker's charisma and how he is on the field, in the huddle, on the sideline, has not wavered from Texas A&M to Oklahoma, to Cleveland. He's the same guy, the same vocal person in that huddle, in that locker room, on that sideline. So how does Sam deal with that if this is quote unquote your team, right? So that's the dynamic that I'm most interested in seeing, barring the whole Matt Rule conversation, because again, I think that that's two total separate conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we don't know what's gonna happen, you know, with rule with the head coach situation um usually you know if a new head coach comes in you're gonna want to tie yourself to that rookie quarterback that's usually how things have gone in the past especially in the early 2010s we saw with ron rivera drafting cam newton um 
you know, and like we've talked about, this is where things can get difficult with having a head coach and a general manager on different timelines, on different contracts where a rule was in a year before Scott Fitter. That makes the relationship and operating um, perspective on, you know, their own careers, but within the team a lot different. And so does rule want to pull or does fitter want to pull the trigger this year on a quarterback because we know right when that happens you're on the clock either this thing's going to work out and you're going to stick around or you know unfortunately it, it ends a lot quicker nowadays and there's a shorter leash for general managers and head coaches once they you know pull the trigger on that first round quarterback that's why you know the panthers i think have been conservative in doing that which has led to a lot of you know the re-rolls on quarterbacks each year but conservative in spending that first round pick on a quarterback just because you know like you're putting your your money where your mouth is when you make that pick and you better be right or else you know there's a high chance that that you're gone if it doesn't work out so um you know going into next the next draft it's very hard to predict you know will we have a new head coach um if we're picking up at the top and scott fitter is still around i could see them you know if there's somebody there they like scott fitter will be in his third draft and it'll be, you know, about time for him to potentially, you know, go for after a guy if, if he believes that it's there. Um, now, if rules around for for the draft, I don't think we're taking a quarterback because I think that means Baker earned um, earned the opportunity to bring the team to a higher level than it has been, and that the team will rally around him for at least another year. Absolutely. And as we get ready to close out, Scott's on, on, on Scott Frederick, man. I mean, he's. I think some of the things he's done since he's been here has been very different than what we're used to in Panther Nation, and what he just pulled, what they were to pull off the other day. Again, I have to do, I can't do anything except for tip my hat to the guy because he seems to be on his job. See, I, I honestly, I think if he were if he were to pick his own head coach, I think we'd be where we want to be already by already by now. But just some thoughts on Scott Fitterman and, and, and what he's done in his two years here. Oh yeah, before we close out, I, I definitely want to say, I don't even know why we're having this conversation about Scott Fitterer's job. I mean, if, we, if we're going to compare this to Marty Herney, it's leaps and bounds above what Marty Herney did in his first three to five years. So I'm not, I don't know why that's even a, a conversation. I like what Scott Fitterer has done. He's had some tough decisions to make. He came into a salary cap hell. He's trying to right size that. He came into a quarterback fiasco. He's trying to right size that. He came in with a coach that he is that has no alignment with. So he's got to try to figure out that working relationship. I think he's got Tepper's ear. I think Tepper's kind of leaning in and letting Scott do what he needs to do. But if you look at the moves that he's made over the past couple of seasons, bar none, I think he's he's done the best that he could do with what he had to work with. And he's cleaned us up a lot. So I'm I'm all I'm all in on Scott Fitter at the moment. Yeah, big fan of Scott Fitter. He's worked his way up, you know, through the Seattle tree to earn the job. Saw, um, you know, a lot of great experience there um, in Seattle and has brought that aggressive mentality to Carolina, which is, you know, the opposite of what we're used to seeing. You know, we're in talks with every, um, you know, high level free agent that could be um, a potential fit with us. We're in all these high level quarterback talks, um, even if it doesn't work out. You know, we were in the Stafford talks um, when, when he was on the market. We were in all these different moves, which has, you know, been a big reason why we're, you know, re-rolling at the quarterback position. But better, better for him, right? Better, you know, to not go into the year with Donald, you know, and so. You know, we saw the Stephon Gilmore trade early last year. We saw the CJ Henderson deal. Both good moves. Now, at the time, you love to see them. The way the players turn out from there, that's 
really off Scott Fitterer's hands. You know, he he got the players in. Now it's up to the coaching staff to continue to bring them along. So um, I, I've you know I've liked his aggressiveness and ability to attack needs and do it in a different way than just building only through the draft and through cheaper free agents. Um, I think his creativity and um, you know ability to work with the rest of the staff and work with um, what he has when coming into Carolina, I think has been a, you know really refreshing and somebody that I. Um, I hope that has a long future in Carolina and um, you know, I think he's deserved years to come on top of where he is now. Absolutely. I think he, I, 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 I couldn't agree with you guys, guys more. I mean, there's, there's no reason to think that Scott Fritter shouldn't be here for the long haul. I think he's definitely been the one bright spot of the, uh, of the rule and temper tenure. And if he, and if we can keep him moving forward, I have, I, I have a strong belief that he's the guy leading, leading us into the future. I think we'll be back. I think we'll be back to that championship form quicker than what did quicker than what a lot of people may would think. But with that being the case, I think we've all gotten out what we need to get out about the Baker about the Baker situation. I think we're all overall positive about what we have going into this year. I hope the fans are positive. I hope that you guys that are listening are happy with what you just heard and happy with what the team just did. Because I mean, it's time. Training camp's right around the corner. The season will be here before you know it, and. We got to be ready to lock and load, man. That's right. That's right. So if, all, so if everybody's good, man, and, and, every, and everybody's said their piece, this has been the P1N Network. I'm Sean T. Stewart. That's Jason Brooks and Tyler Haberski. And we're out.